In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, we have come here to be with our Lord here in the tabernacle, to pray, to connect ourselves with the most essential aspects of our life since we have come now towards the end of the liturgical year and on Sunday we enter into the first Sunday of Advent which is our preparation as we know for for the birth of Christ. Today, November 27th, is uh, the memorial of uh, the Miraculous Medal. It's really a, a feast day or a memorial that uh, expresses, expresses our devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary in a way in which she appeared in the 19th century to a young nun by the name of Catherine Labouré. Now, Saint Catherine Labouré, she was canonized by Pope Pius XII in 1947. But uh, already as a young woman, as a young girl really, she received a lot of uh, um, apparitions uh, of different saints, like Saint Vincent de Paul had appeared to her in dreams, and, and, uh, and it was he, Saint Vincent de Paul, who is from the 17th century, he had invited her to become a, uh, a daughter of charity or sister of charity in the, this congregation in Paris on the Rue du Bac. And so she entered there. She was a novice. She was a very young nun there, and, uh, but filled with zeal, filled with a uh, desire to love God. And the, the address is Rue du Bac, number 140. That's the place where this uh, church was, and well, her congregation was. And they were. It was basically the daughters of charity of Saint Vincent de Paul. This congregation that Saint Vincent de Paul himself had uh, had founded. And uh, so that's where it happened. It was uh, in, I believe, it was in 1830 that Our Lady appeared to her, and appeared, in fact, several times. But it was on that day, in, in November 27th, that Our Lady appeared to Catherine and told her to forge a medal. And Our Lady said that this medal would be a, a pledge, kind of a pledge of, of her love for her children, uh, and also a pledge of her protection, as well as a source of grace for those who would who would wear this medal or who would trust in it. In fact, Our Lady gave her a detailed description of exactly what this medal was to look like. And in fact, Catherine Labouré describes the vision of Our Lady. She saw Our Lady on a globe. She saw like uh, streams of light coming from her hands. And, um, 
And all this was to be incorporated in this, in this little metal that she was to have forged. And she was a poor nun, she didn't have any money, she didn't have any wherewithal, no contacts. Uh, so how, how was she going to do this? And, uh, and so she didn't really know. And uh, so, um, so she went about doing this and eventually uh, this is what happened. She forged this metal. It had an oval frame around it and uh, and it was going to have this text that was going to say, O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Okay. So this medal started to be circulated in France and she really did everything she could to get it in as many hands as possible. And... Um, and well, on the back side was the 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 letter M for Mary and a cross, and there was a bunch of stars. I think we believe it was twelve stars, and then two hearts. They're referring to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Sweetheart of Mary. And so, well, with time, this medal took on great popularity. A lot of people started uh, using it, and in fact, it led a lot of people to really pray thanks to that medal. In fact, you can get it quite easily today they, they've you know they've forged many 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 different copies some you get large ones small ones uh, you can get them anywhere now right and they're quite cheap in fact you can probably get them for free you know and uh, people would with this metal they would ask for things they would ask for things in their family they would ask to do well in exams uh, at school and things like that and uh, sometimes they would cover altars full of these metals uh, that would sometimes look somewhat uh, saccharine, uh, but they would ask, people would ask Our Lady for all kinds of things. Now, this is an expression, you could say, that Our Lady wanted uh, of, of popular piety, right? uh, popular piety expressed in this little medal, much like you see in something like the, the uh, scapulary. And I read recently a... Uh, a French philosopher who, whose name is Patrice Hadjaj, Hadjaj. No, not Patrice, but Fabrice Hadjaj. And um, he was a non-practicing Jew who became an atheist and then converted to Catholicism. And uh, now he, he writes wonderful books, uh, gives lots of conferences. He has got an institute in, in Switzerland, there, and um, he recounts in his own uh, uh, sort of conversion story that he had read a lot of rather violent and anti-Christian literature, like Nietzsche and uh, others like that, like Karl Marx. Um, but then, at one point, he felt the need to turn also to some Christian sources. Uh, of course, he read the Bible. I mean, the Bible is the most central text in, in the Western canon, but he also read people like Léon Blois, another French author. And, um, and though uh, he had seen a lot of anti-Christian sentiments in his, in his reading, because he was a philosopher, when he read Léon Blois, when he read the prophets, he saw that they too criticized uh, the church, they too 
really attacked uh, those who were not uh, faithful. And uh, very often their critique was even stronger than the existentialists uh, themselves. And so uh, we see this, for example, in Isaiah's uh, reproaches to the people of Israel or Jeremiah pleading for their conversion. Uh, but even even the, the severe criticism that Jesus himself gives to the Pharisees, who were his own brothers. Right? In fact, many of those criticisms are stronger than the anti-Christian uh, criticisms of people like Karl Marx and Nietzsche against Christians. So he recounts how, at one point, his father was rather ill, and he found himself almost like in despair, praying for his father, even though he was basically an atheist. <laughs> and uh, he found himself, he ended up in Saint-Severin, a church I'm not familiar with, in, in Paris, in front of the image of Notre-Dame de Bon Secours. So there he saw this image, which was not the miraculous medal, but I would say it's something similar, in other words, with lots of ex-votos and this kind of um, you know, similar style image that was very popular in France in the 19th century. This was Our Lady of Bonsecours. And he had, a week before, in some conference or something, he had mocked such imagery, right? Uh, because they have these rather saccharine ex-votos. Uh, but... Um, uh, even though he had that inner attitude of mockery, mm -hmm. uh, he, he found it silly that people should go to a, a statue and ask for success in exams or some healing or something like that. But today he says, well, no, I have great respect for that kind of, that kind of piety. He says, we need to, to go to prayer uh, with a kind of spiritual personality, you could say, but um, that we should go to our prayer asking our Lord, asking our Lady to intercede for us with our special needs, our desires, uh, our little revolts, our little hardships, so that we maintain that relationship with God. Uh, but then, of course, he felt himself to be a rather an intellectual and that this kind of popular piety, like praying to Our Lady, using it a medal, that that was like beneath him, right? Like he, but now today he says, no. I mean, it took a while for him eventually to convert, but uh, he says, I have a great respect for that kind of piety. So there he is in front of this image of Our Lady of uh, Bon Secours, or Notre Dame de Bon Secours, and um, he suddenly, I mean, the, he's an atheist, right? He's an atheist, intellectual atheist who has rejected the faith, has read a lot of anti-Christian literature. He suddenly, as he's there in front of this image, he f suddenly feels himself to be in his place. He understood that prayer was not just one means among others or simply a means to obtain something, but really that it was like the foundation of, the cre of our created being. That, that is that, uh, that, that we have a being, that we exist, and that, exist, we did not, that existence we did not give to ourselves. 
and uh, that allowed him to go to his own origins, the source, where he exists, why he exists, where he comes from. And uh, it's in prayer that we can express our own distress, we can express our worries, our needs, our own deficiencies. We can tell God that we need Him. We can tell Him, Lord, I've received all my being from You. I didn't make myself. I didn't create myself. Today, at a time when people just decide what they want to be, and you know, everything is is like personal in that sense. Like I decide what I want to be. What in in practically the the most extreme ways. So, eventually, he says that he did not go from Judaism to Christianity, but rather through Christ, he assumed his the full meaning of his being a Jew or, or Jewishness. Right? The full full meaning of being a Jewish is ultimately become a Christian because obviously Christ was a Jew. And so, well, we may not be intellectuals like this guy was or philosophers. But yes, we have to have that relationship with our Lord, that contact, that immediate contact. And sometimes things, simple things like that, like a medal, uh, can help us. The little medal of wearing it, even the scapular, is, is a way of concretizing that contact with a God that is close to us, that, that needs us. And of course, with regards to the... With regards to the... Uh, the miraculous medal. Well, there were many stories of miracles. One of the most famous ones uh, is the account of uh, Alphonse Ratisbon and his conversion. He was he was a wealthy aristocratic Jew um, from 19th century France, and uh, he he hated the Catholic Church. He hated all things Catholic. And in fact, his brother converted and uh, became a priest. And that made him all the more virulent against the Catholic Church. And he scorned it. And he scorned everything that it represented. And so one day, his friend, his name was Le Baron de Bussière, uh, who was a Catholic, gave him a miraculous medal, because it had only just recently been you know, made popular, around uh, the 1840s or sometime, something like that. Gave him a miraculous medal. He said, look, I want you to as a friend, wear this medal, right, and recite the memorare, just for me, as a friend. And he said, well, look, I don't even believe in God, man, like, what the, and, uh, well, I'll wear the medal, whatever, it's, I have, uh, you know, okay. Out of friendship, he said, I will do this. And uh, he said, well, fine, let it be, I promise to recite this prayer, if we will not do me any good, it will not do me any bad either. So, he didn't believe in prayer. So, um, at the time, there was a, a count of, uh, a, a conte, as we say, a count of a sort of aristocratic figure who died suddenly and uh, his friend uh, invited him to go to Rome and, uh, and when they were in Rome, in 1842, this guy, this count, died. So uh, his friend said, "Well, let's go and and ask for a mass to be said for this count. His name was uh, uh, Le Comte de Ferronnet, and Ferronnet. And uh, so he he said, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop in this church and ask the priest to celebrate a mass for my friend Le Comte de Ferronnet. So you just you just you can just wait here in the carriage." And I'm just going to go and ask the priest to celebrate a mass and pray, pay a little bit of money, and then the, the priest will celebrate the mass. 
So uh, Alfonso Ratisbon is waiting in the carriage, and this is in front of the church of San Andre and Frate. I don't know if you know that church. It's in Rome. Um, it's a, you know, it's a 17th century church or something like that, and there's a famous uh, altarpiece with uh, Saint Andrew. And uh, so he's there waiting and waiting, waiting, waiting. His friend is taking more and more time. So he says, "Well, what, whatever. I'm just going to go inside and." and checked out, check out the church for artistic purposes, for artistic purposes, right? And uh, he goes in and um, he's uh, quite disdainful of the city and, 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 and the church and he looks around and, and um, suddenly he feels sort of drawn by a kind of supernatural force and there he sees an altar. The whole church is dark and except one altar that is lit up and there he sees an image of the uh, miraculous metal. The same image that is on the miraculous metal is on this altar piece and it's drawing him and he just like collapses and begins to sob and to weep and he's kneeling there and he realizes that Our Lady is showing him an expression of mercy and uh, she was also tremendously beautiful to him and he and in a typical 19th century sort of romantic style, he des describes the emotional upheaval that he felt at that moment, the light, uh, overwhelmed, dramatic. He says, above the altar was a living figure, tall, majestic, beautiful, and full of mercy. It was the most holy Virgin Mary, resembling her figure on the miraculous metal. At this sight, I fell on my knees, right where I stood. Boom. Unable to look up because of the blinding light, I fixed my glance on her hands, and in them I could read the expression of mercy and pardon. In the presence of the Most Blessed Virgin, even though she did not speak a word to me, I understood the frightful situation I was in, my sins, and the beauty of the Catholic faith. Right? That's, that's what he understood suddenly, in, in a, literally in a... In a few moments right we don't know how this could possibly have happened but obviously it was something of a special grace that he received and well with within a short time he uh, was instructed and was baptized in fact later on he even also became a catholic priest and uh, it was one of the many examples that there are of of the miraculous medal and uh, you know, you don't have to necessarily wear the miraculous medal, but it, but it's a good thing, of course. But it's good to go to Our Lady as Mother of Mercy. That's what how we describe her, describe her, and um, ask her for help, ask her for our own little things that we need, or for our friends, and uh, Our Lady will always intercede for us. And uh, these days, as we as we pray about uh, the, uh, the last things. We have uh, a passage from um, today's Gospel here from St. Luke where our Lord speaks about uh, last things, right? Uh, here, let me see if I can... He says here in today's Gospel, He says, uh, Jesus told His disciples a parable, Consider the fig tree and all the other trees. When their buds burst open, you see for yourselves and know that summer is near, is now near. 
in the same way when you see these things happening know that the kingdom of, of God is near Amen I say to you this generation will not pass until these things have taken place heaven and earth will pass but my words will not pass heaven and earth and, and so that's a powerful statement heaven and earth will pass but my words are more solid than what seems to be very 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 solid you Lord are the only thing that is truly permanent sometimes we f- focus on things that that seem so permanent like heaven and earth and um, or we we focus on things that are clearly passing like the passing things of this earth the ephemeral material goods material interests but what does it mean to say that heaven and earth will pass well it's it's a way of underlining the absolute truth of his prophecy because he's he's prophesizing the destruction of Jerusalem which took place in the year 70 and he says um what it really means is that heaven and earth which do seem very stable this earth does seem to be very stable which seems at least to be stable that will disappear before my words would not come true I mean in other words my words are more stable as true than heaven and earth he's making uh, a formal statement about the value of it of attach that we have to attach to God's word ultimately mm-hmm. since heaven and earth are created things they're created by God they they can they can disappear mm-hmm. in other words they're not necessarily unchangeable in other words it is possible for them to cease to exist and uh, but Christ's words which originate in eternity have such power, such force, that they will last forever. Heaven and earth will pass, but my words, they, I mean. So, Jesus did indeed prophesy the destruction of Jerusalem, especially the temple, which seemed to the Jews so secure and so large and so impossibly stable, but boom, the took them a while but the Romans destroyed it it took them a siege of I don't know how many months but they, they did eventually destroy it and that, that happened 40 years, 40 years after something like that, yeah, 40 years after our Lord's death so how can we well, how can we live this? well, I would suggest uh, you develop a sense of uh, stability and security uh, in our Lord's uh, words that they are stable and that you can see how they apply to you uh, in your prayer and when you live your prayer and when you live uh, your dialogue with our Lord in in the daily affairs of, of life and that you can ask him for small things knowing that you're going to a God who is there, who is always there who is always going to be there who is more certain than heaven and earth And uh, this has to be an occasion for us to have faith in His Word and confidence in God's plan for our life. And, of course, part of that plan is the Blessed Virgin Mary, who throughout the centuries has made many appearances through the saints and through other ways. 
she will intercede for us so that we have that piety, that connection with our blessed Lord. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.